This week on the Pushful Legs podcast, our guest is Emma Story Gordon. We chat about fitness research application, females on social media, and her poor knowledge about burger topics. Alright, three, two, one, our first breakfast podcast, Dan. Hey guys, welcome to the Push Poor Legs podcast with myself, Damik. And me, Tom Hall. What's going on, Dan? You right? Yeah, it does feel weird, that podcast in this time of the day, to be fair. Yeah. Um, Peek yeah. behind the curtain, we, it's had- 9.15 in the morning. Um, not our choice, but, you know. Not our, not our choice, no. We've been dictated <laughs> to by our lovely yesterday. Um, Sorry, I'm a diva. Yeah, <laughs> clearly a diva. Um, but it, it does mean, though, that we can start questioning Tom's dubious cereal choice, that he's mixed chocolate and cinnamon. Now, that is hugely controversial. So let's, let's introduce, uh, introduce our guest first, and then we'll dive into this. Okay. Yeah. So today, today we have the lovely Emma Story Gordon, all the way from sunny Scotland. Woo! Hello! It's a pleasure to be on. It's a pleasure to have you on. So this, you are our probably first UK-based female guest, I'm going to say. Wow, that's an honour. That is, mm. that is so true as well. Episode 64, 65, yeah. A little bit sexy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it does sound a bit bad when I say it like that, actually. But I think yeah. we'll, we'll delve into that a little bit further into the show anyway. So. But that's, yeah, we just don't let anyone on. I think that's also the good thing is um, we're not like... <laughs> High some standards. Other, exactly, yeah. We're not, we're not like some other podcasts who just want to get people on just for the sake of it, um, even though they don't agree with what they talk about and stuff like that. We genuinely <laughs> like what you talk about and what you put out, and that's why we want to get your opinion on shitloads of stuff. But um, I quite like when people don't, you know, like it's good having people <clears throat> that they don't agree with. You know, like having like Gary Taubes on this would be cool because you could be like... Uh, yeah, but yeah. I, I don't think I'd be able to bite my tongue long enough. I, don't, I really don't. Yeah. I don't think he would... Pro- problem with that. He probably wouldn't come on either. It's getting the yeah, people... Yeah, he probably people- <laughs> got more stuff to do than come on, but... Mm. <laughs> well, you think so, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. You're surprised these people sometimes. Um, cool. So today we just want to basically, obviously, with Emma on, we want to take a very female-orientated approach to what we're going to talk about. So um, we just want to discuss uh, the fitness industry and what it's like being a female, um, and also um, just sort of what um, what your research has been in, what you've been doing um, with that side of things in academia, how it applies to the work you do now how it doesn't apply, uh, and then just just a, a nice general chat about things that you love and loathe in the industry, which I think will spark lots of discussion for us. Um, I'm sure we can chime in with certain things as well, um, which will be good. So, Emma, what, good to me. what exactly are you doing at the moment in terms of research, studying, clients, all that sort of stuff? So, um, my research background, I did my undergraduate in sport science so that was really like performance based um yeah more looking at how to improve elite level performance than general health but during my sort of after university i i was more interested in the health side so looking at disease states and how exercise can benefit these people or how it could potentially prevent diseases so i worked in diabetes for a while and then I worked as a research assistant in cardiovascular disease and diabetes, where I mostly looked at inflammatory markers and how they're related to microvascular 
and macrovascular function, um, which are sort of preclinical markers of cardiovascular disease. So one of the big issues with cardiovascular disease is that until often until you have a stroke or a heart attack or a big cardiovascular event, you don't know that these things are building up. So you've got plaque in your arteries building up, but they might not necessarily show any effects until something pretty drastic happens. So looking at things like your vascular health is a good marker of what could potentially go wrong. And then it gives you a chance to rectify that with activity and in, I don't know, better diet, I guess. Yeah, that's that's pretty deep science. And then, like you say, the <laughs> the reality, I suppose, comes down to exercise and eat a bit better. And it kind of yeah, it's all just like you, you can make very simple changes and you'll improve your health drastically. Especially when you're looking at what was a you know most of them a very sedentary population. Mm. If you go from doing minimal exercise to doing even a forty minute walk twice a week or something, or not even you know like ten minute walk every day. Mm. the improvements in health you get from that are massive and obviously you know like the law of diminishing returns if you keep doing a little bit more you won't get the same massive improvements again but going from doing nothing to something is huge and I think that's like a misconception that needs to be put to bed is that you need to, you know if you're going to start exercising it's all or nothing it's like if you don't go to the gym five times a week you're wasting your time it's absolute crap like if you want to get health benefits you literally just need to get up your bum a few times a day mm. and you'll see a, a huge benefits to your health. Yeah, I think from training people in London, that was one of the things that um, that we used to do all the time, right, Tom, was just be like, you've just got to move. Like, just go and walk to a tube stop that's one further on than the one you need to get on. Go and walk to a shop that's a bit further away. And like, it, things were sometimes they couldn't quite believe you when you were just like, you've literally just got to move. You don't yeah. move. Um, and it's it's something that even now with a lot of my clients they'll say to me, oh, I think I need to be doing an extra training session a week, you know, and I'm like, no, you're trying to lose weight, you're in a calorie deficit, it's just not going to be useful to you, why don't you just go on a longer walk? And they don't, it just doesn't register with them that it's kind of going to help them in any way. Yeah, we yeah and I think also the misconception that going from training five days a week to training six days a week really isn't probably going to make that much difference because you're already at like a pretty high capacity of mm. training load. So, yeah. This it's already is it starts to look like the uh, the comments that we were posting on that uh, on Brad Schoenfeld's page, but yeah. Oh yeah, let's, we'll save that. We'll, we'll save, save that, that to the end, end mate. Yeah. We've got to save, we've got to save that to the end. Oh, okay. um, so so in terms of then your research and things like that, so is that dictated what you're researching now, or has that changed slightly? Um, it has changed slightly. So now I'm looking at um, cardiovascular markers of health. So what's called the metabolic syndrome is it's a uh, five markers which sort of predict your risk of or meant to be there's a bit of debate about it but it's meant to predict your risk of cardiovascular disease and diabetes um and i'm looking at breast cancer survivors who are at high risk of cardiovascular disease and diabetes and it's partly partly because they tend to be quite sedentary partly because before having breast cancer like a risk factor for breast cancer is being overweight and sedentary so that already there's a high population of those in the survivors um, and there's cardiotoxic effects of treatments. So you add all these together and you've got quite high risk population. So I'm looking at exercise in breast cancer survivors who are at high risk of cardiovascular disease. And if, if you can sort of augment the effects of 
treatment on them. And is that early stages of that research or near the end? Um, midway, I'd say. Right. So you can't, you can't, you can't tell us anything yet, then. Really. Well, not really, but and I mean, I don't want to like diss my own research area, but there's not a huge. Well, one, there's such a huge variation in just people. You know, you're a breast cancer survivor, but first you're a person. So, mm-hmm. in terms of like what's going to affect your exercise capacity or wh- what exercise you should be doing, you know, like all the usual things still come first, like preference and yeah, mainly preference. But yeah, with within um, within the population that you've got, surely the the variance is crazy because just because you have breast cancer doesn't mean you wouldn't have been unfit necessarily or having a previously bad lifestyle yeah and no exactly and that probably has a bigger effect than what the breast cancer's had on your metabolic health yeah but even even if you're looking at that like there's there's some evidence to show that um physical activity reduces your risk of recurrence of breast cancer but again just terming breast cancer as one disease is misleading as well because if you've got estrogen positive tumors or triple negative tumors or like within breast cancer if you're postmenopausal or premenopausal it actually acts in a completely different way and probably shouldn't be saying this but in premenopausal breast cancer being overweight actually has a slightly protective effect whereas in postmenopausal it has a negative effect and increases your risk um all to do with sort of where your estrogen's coming from because obviously postmenopausal it's coming primarily from fat stores whereas premenopausal it's coming from your ovaries interesting so, so, does, so you know you know you know with like so with your clients then that you have now do you find that you have a do you have a sort of a client base that's around that not obviously breast cancer survivors but do you have do you very much go towards maybe overweight females is that very much your target market or is it very very different from your research no completely different like in fact and i find this kind of strange but i really like it as well like i train a lot of men mm-hmm. like um pretty fit know what they're doing men who just want like your typical sort of online client who's trained for years maybe but just wants a bit something to follow like something a bit more structured to take their training to the next level mm. so and I don't know why, but I really like that a lot of them are men, and I think it shows that they don't have a sort of huge ego, like, oh, here's some, like, tiny blonde girl telling me what to do. They're, like, they obviously sort of trust in my knowledge and don't know if it's, like, a bit of a compliment that... Don't, yeah, I don't know how yeah. I don't know how many female trainers... I know that most female trainers sort of specialise mm. in females. Mm. Yeah. Um, and, I, I mean, don't get me wrong, I do have female clients, but probably the largest proportion is men i think that um i think that we're going to go on to talk about i think that also comes probably from how how you present yourself on social media um in that you can tell from from what you post that you have a sense of humor that you're knowledgeable um and you're pretty shredded so they're they're (laughs) the kind of things i think that as a as a as a guy you know scrolling through things and it is it I don't think it, it really, like say, matters you're a female because I think most blokes look at it and go, well, you know your shit. Um, yeah. And, and I think, like, like you said, it's a case of, in terms of social media and in terms of, of how people portray themselves, I guess a lot of females 
with how they present themselves on social media aren't going to go after guys because guys aren't going to look at them um, and, and really kind of, I guess, follow them. I want that future. booty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, It's kind of a bit of a, you know, the guys don't want to be doing glute kickbacks and things like that, you know, with a cable machine. It's just what, not- they don't <laughs> want their six weeks to a big booty plan? <laughs> yeah, you know, the crossover lunges with a dumbbell and like all that. Yeah. We're wearing a Gymshark leggings. Yeah, it's just... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and, and it just kind of leads on nicely, I guess, into like this whole this world we live in. And obviously, we do online coaching, uh, and it's just been a massive boom in recent years. Um, is I want to talk about yeah how females present themselves on social media, and I want to leave it very broad because I just want you to talk about it for a bit, and then we'll we'll roll the questions on from there. But in terms of in terms of that, how do you feel that you are? different to the the females out there on social media Mm, I don't know I think a lot of it's because I'm a bit of a tomboy and like I don't know I'm not it it cringes me out a bit to put like a bum picture up or like posing around like I will pose around obviously but I don't know I just but it's more taking the piss off myself than being really serious about it um so I think having that sort of sense of humor but then also like a lot of my posts are completely different like it would just be a typical ab shot or something and then the next one might be like a well-referenced sort of discussion piece um so I think having the mix of those and they probably don't mix but and in a way it's sad like someone once commented on my page and I really liked it and it was like I came for the abs but I stayed for the knowledge or something (laughs) and I think it's true like sometimes you do need to sell yourself a bit like I wouldn't have half the followers that I have if I didn't like if I wasn't in shape and I wasn't doing photo shoots here and there and whatever. And it, in a way, it's a bit sad because obviously I'd still know the same amount that I know. Mm. But it's like you always say with personal trainers, it's you've kind of got to practice what you preach a bit, and you are your own business card, so you've got to have both sides of it. But I think what happens with some girls is that they fall off one way, so they people don't take them seriously because they think oh they they're just a pair of tits and an ass like as opposed to they do have a brain they know what they're doing and then on the flip side doesn't help that a lot of them are just tits and ass yeah (laughs) um but yeah like we were speaking before before we came on that you know there's a a lot of girls i rate in the industry that you know been asked to speak at expos or something but they just don't feel like they've got the confidence yet to do it and i mean i was the same i was like oh i don't really I think having a bit a bit of knowledge is hard because you I'm well aware that I don't know that much and I'm surrounded by academics who know far more than me. However, in the fitness industry I probably do know quite a lot. But I know where my limits are so it's sort of it's hard for a confidence thing to be like, "Oh, I'm going to speak on this subject when I know that you know a million people know more than me about it." So it, but with men, it seems to be like they've got a bit more of an ego and they're like, well, I know enough, I'll, I'll speak about this. Like, I've read a few articles or whatever. Like, And from that, they do they get better at public speaking. They do learn more. People question them. They go and find out more. They might learn a load when they're writing the presentation. You know, taking these opportunities where maybe you're not quite ready is probably a good thing. But I mm. think a lot of girls are scared to do it. Or they sort of wimp out and they're like, oh, yeah, well, I'll speak about um i don't know my my new bikini plan or how i prepped to do this show or something so no one can really say like that's wrong because it's all subjective 
but I don't think it's giving as much information as like what it could if that makes any sense yeah it definitely does we should try and do like an inverse and give Dan or give a bikini guide and then uh, Mm. (laughs) yeah that'll work So, yeah, that'd be interesting. Because we were saying that when we had Lisa Lewis on before, and she's been, well, not completely pigeonholed, but pigeonholed as a a woman who's going to get women into lifting. And she was like, hang on a minute. I've written for T-Nation and whatever, and you could have just put that anywhere and not mentioned that I'm a woman, and it would have still been valid for men. Mm -hmm. It was just, oh, so you want to get women into lifting? No, no, I don't. I just want to get people into lifting. And that was the whole point. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was very, it was very odd how, especially as she's a doctor of psychology, she was like interested in how people were trying to perceive her and trying to perceive what was happening. Uh, I guess that's marketing as well, isn't it? It's, it's even things like these sort of fit mum mm. programs or like, you know, I've had two children, so I I know like how to get you fit as a mum. Like, actually, so does anyone that's done the prenatal course or whatever? Like, yeah, you've yeah. got your own experiences, but. <laughs> I don't know. I think a lot of it is the marketing side. Yeah, I'm a woman, but there's not, you know, we're, there's not a huge amount of differences between male and female training on a physiological no. basis. An interesting story because I think two weeks ago I was doing a uh, video shoot and I got I got pulled over by the uh, the marketing lady and uh, whilst I was doing some medicine ball slams and I got told I was doing it too aggressively and that women were going to see this video. And you don't want to be too aggressive because it might intimidate them. Oh, those poor women intimidated. <laughs> and I was like, that's what's wrong. I was like, why are you saying that? I was like, they, yeah, yeah I want them to be aggressive. That's the whole fucking point of slamming the ball down. <laughs> uh, it's like, yeah, it's, it's, I just think, I just find it fascinating um, in, in the industry in general, just, um, it is obviously a very much a results-based how you look kind of industry, um, and and I kind of get that. I understand that you have to you have to be a walking business card, and, and I've had so many discussions with people about well, I don't want to go down that route of posting selfies all the time because a I don't like it when I look at it and all this sort of stuff. But then the the counter argument to that is well, you have to fight fire with fire, and you do if you do know more than a lot of people out there posting like you say these selfies or whatever, you kind of have to. I think sometimes think to yourself, right, well, if I'm posting all this great information, but no one's no one's w- looking at it because I don't have the following, what do you do to get a following? And ultimately, unfortunately, it seems to be that you have to do a little bit of that alongside putting out great information. And, um, and the, the whole confidence thing is huge. Like, I always feel I'm fairly confident in my knowledge. Um, but in terms of putting myself out there and posting selfies, like, no one wants to see my face. Like, why would I? Um, what? So I think kind you're of a handsome man. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, that's that's two people then. My missus and you. So that's good. Um, but like, I just feel like I just think it's one of those where I think men get it on the on the flip side sometimes. In that, I've got no problem standing up in front of people speaking, but getting up on stage in my pants, I'm like shitting myself. Whereas females probably would probably go the way around, like you mentioned. So it's it's interesting. I think we can. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. We could learn from the the opposite way, and that maybe me and Tommy to get topless a bit more. No, Tom, you don't. But no, get topless a bit more. <laughs> just like, but it is like sometimes just put yourself out there a little bit more. But um, but it's interesting because I I do know of one female in particular who is very very knowledgeable. Um, 
is often worried about being questioned on something she says. And I always say that being questioned is a good thing because it gives you a chance to show how much you know. Like uh-huh. you're, and so- also, there's nothing wrong with being wrong. Like, I'm happy to be proved wrong as long as it's... You know, there are you do see things on social media and it's like, you didn't have to be an absolute ass about that. Like, you could have said, oh, look, here's a study that's showing something else. What do you think of this? Or, like, yeah. whatever the situation. But you do see people being, like, trolls or whatever. And it could be done in a nicer way. So I can see why some girls are, like, scared of that. But also, being wrong is not a bad thing. Like, research changes all the time. You can never really say one thing is fact or not. It also shows a bit of a bit of humility if you can turn around and go, actually, I have changed my view, like, because of what you've, what we've talked about, this debate we've had, whatever it might be. And, and I think that also shows a real human side to you in that you can go, actually, I've changed my view in the past few years. Like, I don't believe... Yeah. I don't and believe... And maturity that. as well. Yeah, it, it's a massive, it's a massive thing that people want to be able to relate to. And I think that not thinking you're high and mighty and, and you know, untouchable is actually quite a nice quality to have in someone who, who may be perceived as a... Um, as a not a fitness celebrity that's the wrong word but someone who has a large following in the industry mm-hmm. um, so yeah I think that that kind of that kind of area of social media always fascinates me it really does because people will go to people who look better for information and the fact is the information they give is usually um, is usually pretty poor so one question I got for you Emma in terms of your social media and all that sort of stuff with your Instagram uh, and Facebook. I think I see more on Instagram than I do on Facebook. Um, do you have a plan, or do you just literally go, you know what? I'm just going to post this today and that today and that today. Yeah, I have no plan. Like, I mean, I probably should have a plan, but I have no plan whatsoever. I just post stuff mm-hmm. willy nilly, and there'll be you'll notice there'll be periods where like I won't post anything just because don't feel like I have anything to say, and then there'll be a load of my dog because I'm at home, and then. <laughs> I'll be away on a fitness expo and you'll be like, oh, Megan, I don't know, like, or I'll be in the labs for a while and you won't see, you know, mm. you'll see a bit of lab stuff. So it, it is literally just my life. Like, if I've got nothing interesting to say or I'm not doing much fitness-related stuff, it, it will become quite obvious. Um, in terms of, like, the Facebook, Instagram, and as you know, you, you guys will probably find that as well. Like, it's a bit, like, where's your personal life and where's your fitness? And then you, and then you take a step back and you're like, well you know as an online coach or whatever like people are buying into your personality as well mm. and in the words of Kanye West it's like you're a businessman like you are your business so I don't know like you can't really have a separate social life in some ways like it has to be one thing yeah I feel like anything that's on I think the the, the avenue that we've taken anything under our name is more businessy social and then anything under that's kind of the shield of push pull or team box would be a little bit more businessy and just going through yeah there. i guess if you, you can put your name on it it tends to be more personality based um but mm-hmm. after speak, speaking with uh, suki last week he he kind of disagreed with that and, and said that you could mm-hmm. just go straight through and just do all kind of you should be doing business and all this stuff on your personal page and that's how you market. But then I guess it was yeah, the flip I wasn't side. Sure. So. The, thing, the reason I've started doing more business stuff on my personal Facebook is because you don't get any reach on your business page anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I meant to have like, don't know about 12,000 likes on it or something, but I'll get 
and then I've maybe got a thousand friends or two, I don't know how many friends I've got, but it's definitely not that much. But you get absolutely no interaction on your business page. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's been it's been I've I've <clears throat> I've been looking at it the last couple of weeks. It's really been um, interesting to play around with that um, the whole reach on pages and things like that. And uh, I I found the same problem massively on social media. Is like where do I where do I show enough of my life? And when do I become that annoying person who gets their phone out at every single opportunity? Um, and it's and it's kind of like and again, I, I, it is the problem with the fitness industry is you either have to you either assume it has to be all or nothing. And and like you said, sometimes it needs to be a case of actually I'm just really busy, so I can't post today. And actually, if I'm not as busy and I have the time, maybe I can just post something. Um, I do think having Instagram stories is actually a huge added benefit now because it means I don't have to like have all these different apps for things. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do think Instagram's real nice to have as a shop window for like this is me, um, and then I tend to use Facebook more as like a this is where you can get information. Mm. Um, yeah. But one thing it- I have found on on pages on the Facebook pages now now is it seems to me that videos obviously are just going crazy. Like you can. I've only got, say, 3,000 likes or something. But if I put out a video, one-minute video with captions on, it'll reach 3,500 people. So I don't know if it's just Facebook's getting real bored of just written content now. Um, oh, really? I, I, well, it's just an experiment. See, I didn't do, that's, that's what I mean. Like, I didn't look at any marketing stuff. Like, now and again, I'll ask Lawrence from SBS yeah. about, like, a few things. He gives me a few tips, but I really don't like pay attention to it and I remember someone telling me that in fact I think it was Carly Jenkins was saying if you put up like a Facebook post wait three hours to reply to anything because then it goes up to the top of the feed again and then I was just like oh I can't be fucked with all that shit (laughs) I'll just do like like there are like little tips I think you can get like get around these like quirks that they have but yeah, it's, it's one of those where if you've got the time for it, I'm sure that it's extremely beneficial. But if you don't have the time, it is so difficult. And that's that's what I literally started saying to myself, right, I'm going to give it half an hour each day just to sit down and think about and look at, you know, the reach and look at that sort of stuff. Um, and I think otherwise you spend like 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there, and you never really get anything done. Whereas if you dedicate mm-hmm. a little bit of time to it, it seems to be – and you have to uh, – the other thing you have to do is you have to give it time. So you can't just post two posts and go, oh, it's not working. You have to give it two weeks or yeah happens but it is it is a minefield and that's where i think um the reason i asked that question is because from following you on instagram it does seem that it is just uh this is me like i'll post two times a day one day and then i won't post for a few days and yeah that's very much the view i've taken with it and i've always liked that view of it and just been like a if anyone really cares then they'll they'll look at it if they don't kind of thing um so yeah that's pretty cool um Anything else you wanted to cover, Tom, on that subject, social media? Not, not in particularly. It's something on Emma's social media that um, I know oh, you're gonna, Martin. You're gonna get trolled now. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, yeah, just it, it was because Martin shouted out to you. Uh, Martin McDonald shouted out to you about the uh, the nine to five quotation on uh, being in the fitness industry, basically. Uh-huh. And um, you kind of covering a, a topic that um, it was like it was. I think last week in March. So covering a topic that we have discussed a fair bit within like attitude and practice of personal trainers and giving out advice and um, whether they're unsupported or supported claims and what what you found from those studies. Um, uh-huh. Do you want to digress any more on uh, what, what your thinking was in the fitness industry about knowledge attitude? Well, 
I was looking at those studies mainly because I'm going to do a review of that, like knowledge, attitude, attitude and practice for personal trainers that work with cancer survivors. Okay, cool. So I was looking a bit into the research that's there, but I'm not sure that, so the way they do it is sort of a questionnaire based thing and there's some open-ended questions there's some closed questions some multiple choice sort of, but it's, like it's a very hard thing to like I even looked into what the questions were and some of the nutrition ones and I can't think of an example now but it you were sort of like well it, it would depend like you know if you could just you know they wanted a yes or no answer but you're like well it sort of depends what the client wants and it depends on and it always just depends but yeah I'm not sure that using the cap questionnaires is a very good way to actually see how knowledgeable a personal trainer is as we know like there are loads that just you know get their qualification and then think they know everything and fail to like improve on their knowledge at all um so i don't know it but i do think yeah it's definitely it's not a nine to five thing and it should you should be doing it because it's your passion which means that you should be learning more about it like you shouldn't just be stopping at the qualification and then rocking up for an hour every week to see your client and leaving them to do whatever in between like it should be it should be your passion and you should be trying to make your service better all the time yeah it does feel like um i I guess this happens maybe more people that are looking into the industry i think who have switched careers and see it as this uh this Mm -hmm. magical thing that they can switch over to if they've been in finance say and they've reached their kind of the the early 30s and they're starting to hate themselves and they suddenly switch do their personal trainer level three get a little bit busy that they they got fit or etc something like that and then they switch over but haven't gone to they've they've still got that nine to five mentality that they're trying to implement onto their fitness but and then everything outside that is when they can work out um but yeah another thing which i guess you guys will know about as well or like have an opinion on is I find it quite hard now because I do so much work online, but I do do some face-to-face. But if I have a client who's coming along and like in Dundee, you can't charge that much. Like, I mean, it's 30 pounds an hour and they're coming once a week and then they're doing whatever in between. And I always want to program all their sessions and give them like some structure. And But I can't merit doing that for 30 pounds a week. Like no. on, you know, and giving them an hour's training. So you end up, like, as much as I don't want to, it's just, because there's no structure as well, it's just sort of an hour of willy-nilly training. Yeah, they get some chat, and a lot of people do just come because they want a bit of chat, a bit of motivation, and they want a session where they're going to be pushed hard. That's fine, but if you've got a long-term goal, that's not really enough to get you anywhere. Like, But there's a sort of, like, how do you... You could try and get them onto, like, an online plan, I guess, but... I guess that's the difference between are you getting more for your money online or are you getting more for your money face-to-face? And I definitely think now, and it will depend on the individual, but more online. Like, I know that my clients get better results online than the ones who come once a week and then will, like, do whatever the rest of the week. It's a bit unstructured. Do you, like, I don't know if you guys do find that as well. I would hazard a guess when Dan was at third space and um, working with me. Um, but sure, I do a lot more one-to-one than I do online. I still have a fair amount online, but um, but I guess it's just, it's differing in uh, in specialties. I do a lot of corrective exercise and corrective 
out of they more like rehab stuff. Um, yeah, with a lot of guys. So I guess the benefits seem to be oh, already, yeah, already drilled in. So it de- it depends what avenue you're looking at. Um, and then by and large, the guys that I've kept on were from the rehab, and then they've just stayed with me. So they they end up seeing why I want to see them two three times a week. Um, but then it does it comes down as a cost kind of thing as well if if mm-hmm. i'm 85 pounds an hour and then that's going to be yeah seeing me two three times a week i'm then i think they're gonna expect, yeah. expect everything fucking programmed out for them um but yeah, yeah i guess it's slightly different it's it's the yeah it's a, but i to- i totally agree in terms of people who i only i do only see yeah only see once a week or once every fortnight um they're expecting especially the, i think dan we've we've had this before where somebody will just come and check in everyone like once a month um see us for mm. a, like a technique session but still expect a plan written out for them yeah. perfectly like um periodized and like week by week three four sessions a week yet really they're only yeah and then then you're an like hour. look i've got yeah i've got clients online paying more for this <laughs> and you know like you can't merit giving it to them no and the only the only way I could see going round that instead of actually training them for that hour once a month, you would just sit down with them and say, "You're paying me for this hour. We're not going to train, but we're going to sit down and just write your plans mm. out um, and go through it." And go yeah, through, I, guess I guess it's go, hard because yeah, the um, kind of client that you could do that with, I just have an, on an online plan. Yeah, exactly. like I mean, it's the kind of client who's you know like. They want to lose a bit of weight. They don't have a whole lot of motivation, so they need you there to push them once a week. And yeah, like where and they don't totally know what they're doing in the gym. They're not <laughs> uber confident, and they're probably not going to go in and follow your plan to the T and push themselves. Yeah, I, I so, used to find I used to find that having my personality of just shooting from the hip and being extremely blunt with people was really beneficial in that point of view. Like I used to have some clients who used to train once a week. And they used to be like, oh, I don't really see like I'm getting results. And I'd be like, right, what did you eat last night? Oh, well, you know, I had this and this and this. And I was like, right, have you done 10,000 steps a day for the last two weeks? No. I was like, well, I'm not going to give you anything else until you start doing it. And yeah. And it was almost like I used to have a couple of clients who used to just say to me then, they were like, okay, well, then that's fine. They just come for the motivation, but they knew they weren't going to see outstanding results because I used to say to them, well, you're not doing what I told you to do. And I'm not giving you anything else to do until you do the simple things I've asked. And it was like, it was a bit of a, and, and a lot of these people in London, they're just, they're so high up in their businesses, you know, millionaires. They actually respond quite well to that kind of challenge yeah. uh, because they're used to giving it out a lot, I think. Um, but interestingly, I've got three clients that I still train online that I used to train in person. And they're seeing better results now than they were um, because the price is a third of the price they were paying to see me twice a week. But they're training three times a week now and the nutrition's on point. And, it's, yeah. and I do think, I, I genuinely believe that online coaching it will take over um, in-person training because people will realize you can still get the accountability you need from someone you do obviously have to have a, a base level of technique to a certain degree but at the same time i think a good online coach can even work around that uh, yeah nowadays. i mean i think it'd be beneficial like i sometimes do what i call like a hybrid program with like people who are sort of new to the gym or they'll come and they'll do like they'll go through each of the sessions i planned with them and then they'll go just onto an online plan to keep the accountability and yeah. but obviously you can't do that with everyone. But yeah, I think I think you're definitely right that you're getting much more for your money online if you already know what you're doing in the gym. Mm-hmm. Like there's no two ways about that. 
hundred percent. Um, so moving on oh. from yeah, <laughs> that that's really weird. Um, so uh, so yeah, in terms of the fitness industry, then moving away from what we do individually and stuff like that. Um, we're going to start with things that you love about this industry. So, for example, we talked about having to be passionate and all that sort of stuff. We we all are. That's why we're sat here on a Sunday morning recording a podcast. Um, mm-hmm. So what is it that you absolutely love about this industry? And you can be as specific as possible. Oh, specific. I was going to be really vague. <laughs> yeah, well, obviously, like, oh, I love helping people. It's like, yeah, we yeah. get that. Oh, of um, but... No, I, I love that you can, like, be yourself in it and – there's obviously this is the like owning any business like you are a business and it gives you a huge amount of flexibility but it also makes you like you're never going to work harder for anyone than you are for yourself and you reap the benefits of what it is and for me it's like yeah it's cliche it's a passion but even if I wasn't earning money from it I'd still be doing it which I think is the key like I you know after I left uni sort of like when I graduated from undergrad I just assumed like I'd never really study again but like I found myself reading papers and stuff just for fun and I was like oh you're actually a massive geek like <laughs> right but I mean if I wasn't paid for this and it wasn't my job I'd be doing the same thing so that's pretty amazing yeah um I think, I guess I think that's yeah yeah I think I, mean, I, I still remember the first time that I had from online um online coaching because I started online coaching when I was working in football and um mm. football you don't see any kind of um, transformation like that. but I remember the first time someone emailed me that they'd lost like their first stone and that they were now off some kind of medication um, like it might have been high blood pressure medication or something they've been to see a doctor and I still remember reading that email I think I was on holiday at the time and I remember the feeling that I got from reading it and mm-hmm. I still remember it to this day and it that that reading that email that's when I quit football I was like right that's it I don't need to be in this job I need to just do this full time because I never got that feeling you know working in football or anything like that and I think that's the that's the thing that a lot of us get like I didn't want you to answer to say oh because I love helping people because that's kind of I think it's it's normally a given or I I always assume it's a given in this yeah but I I actually hate people but yeah it's it's just one of those where I think when you can always tell when people are genuine and they do genuinely love what they do and that comes across like you say on on things like your social media because you can just be yourself Mm. um, and you can tell that you're having fun while you're working in in a roundabout way which is I think is is the the one thing about this job that is amazing yeah it's cool what you touched on as well because I think you obviously went further than me and you worked in like professional sport but when I did my undergrad, like I, I thought, oh, this is what I care about, like getting these extra tiny benefits of in performance, and like if you know if having a bit of caffeine at this exact time can boost your performance by one percent. Oh, that's so interesting. And then I started thinking, actually, the effect that has on someone's life is so negligible, and it's like the point zero zero two percent of the population that it's applicable to. But you look if you look at things like cardiovascular disease and diabetes and like this can have a huge impact on people's lives and just from the sort of minimal effort by them but it's just knowing about it like the knowledge base that they need to have um but yeah and i know with the football as well it's like you're looking at these tiny tiny effects you can have but then a bigger effect's going to be if it's windy that day or <laughs> you know if one of the there's so many factors and you just think is it all worth it but that's exactly it yeah 
Yeah, are they even are they even gonna take the caffeine pill? No. Alright, yeah. what's, what's the point of me researching it for three hours? <laughs> yeah. Um What about you, Tom? Well, something I mean, that's not already mentioned. Already mentioned something I, that's not even mentioned. I feel like it I know it's I don't know if it's a weird thing, but if I've ever strength trained a a lady and got them to knock out a set of pull ups or a set of press ups for the first ever time. And it's it's kind of a weird it's a weird thing where they it's sometimes when they come to me they think it's like totally unobtainable. I remember um, um oh, she won't listen to this Leslie who I trained in uh, in first base right yeah what a legend she's like sixty four and she managed to knock out her first set of press ups and first set of pull ups oh, nice. and it, it's just absolutely mad and then their their kind of smile on their face is just it's ridiculous but yeah thinking that you can't get there when it's yeah when they clearly can if they just put in the effort. Even even the age of sixty plus, yeah, it's great. So I think that's that's more yeah. that's more of the stuff that I like looking at. So it's only getting shredded, but yeah, <laughs> those personal goals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of those. So you like... stepping on some BCAAs. <laughs> this is this is this that's is blatantly that's like full sugar Fanta. This is just like, orange yeah. squash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I think, you know what? People, I always go around the gym drinking like Ribena. Well, not Ribena, but like squash from yeah, well, and they're always like oh what's that is that the new like I'm like no no, it's I, just Robinsons. I literally, I do exactly the same thing to troll pretty much and just be like no no point is it <laughs> yeah so that again that kind of leads real nicely onto the what do you loathe about the fitness industry so like we had um, we had Suck City on um, last week and um, we talked about the lovely six figure fit pro mentors, um, which mm. is something I think we all kind of loathe just based on the fact of what we just talked about and that they probably just don't care about those kind of things like we just spoke about. But um, yeah, what is it that you kind of really dislike about the industry? Um, hmm. If you say nothing, so then e- yeah, you can leave. It's so easy. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just so easy to be negative, but I mean, there are a lot of yeah it's the people who lack like real passion for it it's not like i'm saying it's not a nine to five job like it's the kind of job you do because you want to do it it's the same as sort of being an academic it's like you're not doing it for the money or you shouldn't be doing it for the money you should be doing it because that's what you're interested in and it's not yeah like it's a career and you're so lucky to be able to do something that you actually enjoy as opposed to just making money um but then if you don't sort of respect that and keep pushing and keep trying to make yourself better that that's what annoys me and 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 i think the really cocky people that think they already know Mm. a whole load and and maybe it's just a learning curve for them and they'll because i'm sure we've all been through it a little bit but yeah i think i think my my biggest part my biggest thing i these on from that a little bit is that people don't think that you got where you were through hard work. Like I get people ask me all the time, like, "Oh, how do I get to do what you do?" And I'm like, "Start eight years ago, um, working yeah. football like a minimum wage, doing every hour God sends. Then you know, for your first online coaching client, charge thirty quid a month for for <laughs> a year, and and then mm-hmm. and then talk to me in eight years' time. Like uh, that that's the one thing, and it kind of leads on a little bit from the the six figure fit pro thing. But I mean, I see new people coming into the industry now doing online coaching who have never PT'd anyone face-to-face and are charging what I'm charging, and I'm looking at it going, hang on a minute. <laughs> like, hang on, that's my plan. Like, <laughs> yeah. He used to be I'm my like, client. I'm like, this is really weird. I'm like, hang on a minute. Um, and that's that's the thing that I, I find frustrating is that um, 
yeah, people just aren't really willing to do the hard work, and it comes from, I guess, the same yeah. point, but not being a passion I, theirs. I totally get that, and I get that that's so much. Like, girls will come up to me and be like, oh, you know, like, how, and, you know, some, sometimes I just say, oh, I'm, I'm really lucky, like, because they'll be like, oh, how did you get a grenade? How come you done this? And, like, how do you get into fitness modeling or whatever? And I'm like, it, or how do you get, like, a following, and why are people offering you to do, you know, you're like, I've made loads of contacts. Like, you know, you go to Body Power, you meet people, you you spend, you know, eight years in the fitness industry. Of course I know people. Of course, like, these things happen. But it's hard work and it's, like, time and commitment. And it's not just, like, I had someone recently being like, oh, one of my friends wants to get into fitness modeling, like, or sort of, like, Instagram, like, what should she do? Well, have a personality, like, build a following, I don't know, go do a photo shoot, like, get in shape, like... The thing is, there's a million girls that look like you that are in shape. What's different about you? Yeah. You've got to have something else. Like, you need to have a niche. But I don't what? think people get that. They're like, oh, well, I, I'm kind of in, like, just as good shape as you. Yeah, okay, great. Like, we both look similar. But, <laughs> like, what are you offering this company? Or what are you... I mm. get that all the time. Like, oh, how did you get sponsored? Do you, do you, want, like, do you think they'll sponsor me? Why? Like, why would someone want to sponsor you? And they're like, well, what do you mean? I, 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 I'm a personal trainer, but yeah, but like, you've got to look at it from a company's point of view. What are they getting from sponsoring you? And I don't think people get that. They just expect to be given things as opposed to like having to work for them and create relationships with people. Even yeah. that, even that lays down to even the physicality of it. Even people who do not look like you or whatever and they expect to be like oh how do you get in that shape like how long does it take you well i was like well yeah i've been training pretty well for the last i don't know five years so let's just start yeah. there it'd be okay it's, it um, is always the how long does it take you to get in that shape i'm yeah. like mm, about 10 years like yeah. it's just on and off and but... yeah it's gone up and down but like it's, it's the, you it's... can't really ever say like because <laughs> you go through phases don't you that's the thing as well is it's not even for me it's not even like oh it took me three years it's it took me three years of of not work of not managing to do yeah. it first before i figured <laughs> out that i had to do it yeah like so there's also the three years before that that i really fucked up and did everything wrong that i had to learn from to then to then be in but this position did, i think that's, like, that's in those three years did you build a load of muscle mass because you're a little bit fatter and that's why you look the way you do now because you've got substantial muscle underneath it and you, especially with girls you see them like oh i'm gonna diet down and i'm like there's nothing like you've got nothing there like you're just gonna look skinny fat i mean even yeah. from even from like, that like um that's where i think implore people who are around like if you're listening to this podcast and you're around the age of like 2021 20, much like one of my clients bradley who reached out and you can make a start so early if you could get like employ somebody who's decent and get a structured program from that early age you're going to be absolutely nailed on by the time me and dan have actually sorted our training out at the age of 24 25 and we we could have been light years ahead we've missed out on three or four years of decent quality training instead of fucking trying to do ollie lifts every monday morning yeah yeah but then i kind of enjoyed my periods of like (laughs) just training like an absolute idiot or you know thinking that like i looked back and saw what i was eating must have been about like five years ago now but i was like convinced that like carbs were bad but mm. you should have seen the calories i must have been eating holy hell i had like this big bowl of mints with like cheese on and chorizo <laughs> for my lunch and i was like all right joe wicks that, yeah, no, that, that must have been like i don't know probably most of my daily calories in one sitting but i was like oh there's no carbs and <laughs> yeah. you know what 
like I must have been I was extremely active like I was rowing at the time obviously no carbs and rowing went down really well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I did get in good shape but yeah I don't know about to say you must have been really struggling with no carbs doing that yeah I mean it wasn't great no but it's, it, in it's, hindsight yeah in hindsight it's beautiful <laughs> it's, it is that thing though that it, it's so hard to tell someone when they're 20, 21 um, but I see kids in the gym now when we train and they look at me and Steve train probably just Steve actually um, train and um, and they kind of like give you that look of like oh my god like what do they do like I'm going to do what they do and they come up to us once and like oh so how did you get in that shape what, what should I do and I'm like eat a shitload of food Train really hard for a year, then think about getting lean. Don't even think about it. Just, just, just build some tissue. Oh, but how much food? Like more food than you can think is possible. Yeah. And yeah, because I know Steve yeah. went through like he used to be like lifting in powerlifting competitions and that. Like he's built some serious like dense muscle, and yeah. then tired. Just a dick, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah. We're talking about the it's... same Steve here because Boxy hasn't what, done box? powerlifting. Boxy powerlifting. Well, he went for a phase. Of, he went through a phase of, of training that way, like just getting training that way. I'm okay, a long-term good. fan. Of these <laughs> I think you did a you did a shoot with it, like one of his one of his first ever shoots, probably. Oh yeah, remember... we went to see. We went to Simon Barnes. Yeah, that was yeah, funny. Like an American football one, was it? Like it, it? Yeah, it looks like a total couple shoot. Eh? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, he, and like. And it's one of those where it's funny because even he now, like even now, you know, his physique, he's only really now kind of going, right, I really think I've got a handle on this. And I'm really lucky that I trained with him because it just means that I've accelerated that. Like I probably wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for training with him. But it's funny how you get to the age of like say 28 and you go, right, I now feel like I know what I'm doing. I've read all the shit. I've applied loads of shit. And I now have now found the thing that works for me. And I think I know this is going to work for most people. Um, but I, I can imagine trying to tell my 21-year-old self what I would tell him now, and he'd probably just go, shut up, mate. Like, I'm not eating yeah. any carbs. I'm just going to carry on not eating my carbs for breakfast, and I'll be fine. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really interesting that you do sometimes have to make those, those mistakes, and there is, there, is no, um, there is no shortcut to achieving the physiques that someone like you and Steve have got. It's, uh, it's just uh, a really boring answer, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. just lift. It's shirt. called consistency. Yeah. yeah. Interesting yeah. on on the back end of more of the kind of pet peeve or in the industry. Um, I think Emma can probably weigh in big time here because it kind of dipping back to what we were talking about is relatability of like studies and research. And how how have you gone about? So obviously, because a lot of the research that maybe we we evidence based practitioners, blah blah blah. But we our job essentially t- is to relate that research to our clients or to the person that we're trying to like sell it not sell it to but tell it to um is there yeah. what's your opinion or do you have like any peeve or loathing with people who don't or just kind of take it bluntly don't look at the research just be like oh this is the result therefore this is what you should be doing yeah like people who just read an abstract or yeah. they don't look at the population that's being done on or they don't look at the sample size or the length of the study or loads of contributing factors and and it's it's hard as well because you you might tell someone they're like oh how you know i they're a personal trainer and they're like i want to be evidence-based yeah and you're like oh go and read some studies on pubmed nah they because they don't have the skills to do that Mm. like the conclusion of a study doesn't tell you if that's applicable to your client or you or often it's done in like you know elderly men show that 
drinking whey protein within 20 minutes of your workout is beneficial to muscle mass that they've all got sarcopenia and they're not like your teenage t- standard teenage client that's trying to put on muscle mass has got huge amount of testosterone flying around and you know muscle protein synthesis is heightened for hours and hours after and you're looking at different populations but you're like applying that knowledge and just wrongly so mm. i think it is hard and it's hard for someone who is you know the personal trainer that comes up to you and is like i really want to know all this but they've not got the skills to pick apart a study and see what and that is a skill and that does take time and it's just it, and i think that's one thing about sort of trolling on facebook or whatever you know someone might put up a study and say oh look this shows blah 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 and someone will be like you've taken that completely out of context <laughs> you're a fucking idiot blah 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 which mm. yeah it might hurt your ego a little bit but you're learning from it unless you're too uptight and be like no i just believe it anyway (laughs) i think that's where like that's where our backgrounds so we've all got masters or doing masters degrees and Mm -hmm. that ability to do that because we had to do we have to do that in our researchers go right this is the literature review yeah this is what some people have found actually this isn't really applicable but it could relate it's kind of you do have to sometimes write a a scientific article or a scientific um study a bit like well we kind of know a bit of this this kind of shows this we're not really 100 percent sure but it's added a bit more weight to this argument (laughs) like it's and that doesn't come across on facebook people go yes or no like and you're like yeah the study in itself says we don't know yeah how is almost every review finished more research needed in this you know like and in a way, it's like annoying because you're like, oh, for fuck's sake! Like, but it it is. It's always like, and it does indicate this. However, there were small sample sizes and blah 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 blah. We can't really say that this causes this. It just looks like it might. It was like and, the one with the fasted cardio study. Like, I, I mean that that one is is going to go on forever, probably that argument, but. It was like some guy chimed in and was like, oh, yeah, well, it was only in females. and There's only nine in each group. And it's like, oh, it's a load of shit. And it's like, well, like, yeah, but what do you want it to be? Thousands of yeah. people in each group? Like a mixture? Sorry, like, mate, that's how sports science works. Yeah. yeah. Like it, it, and the fact is, it shows us a little snapshot. And it shows us that, you know what, it might not be a big issue. If you want to yeah. do what you carry on doing fasted, then carry on. That's fine. But it's more, people don't understand as well that, like a bodybuilder gone there who's going to compete in the IFBB like oh yeah Roly Vinklar doesn't do that so I'm not going to do it okay well that's fine for you but we're talking about like Jane Smith down the road who's been told by her online coach that she has to walk every morning at five in the morning and that has to be the only time she does it before she can have her breakfast and she doesn't yeah. really want to be doing it like that's who we're kind of trying to help not IFBB pros like if you want to be mm-hmm. like that then that's fine you go on our way but that's the other thing with, with those kind of discussions and trolling on Facebook is you kind of go yeah, but who are you working with, mate? Like, it doesn't matter. For the, your clients, it just does not matter. And that's the problem with the the, the wannabe evidence-based crowd is it's kind of like, oh, but this study shows this. I'm like, that's not who you work with. Yeah. Why are you or or the, the people who have done one show and then they're like, right, well, I managed to get in shape in this. So Therefore, my 50-year-old yeah. client who has type 2 diabetes and <laughs> massively overweight should probably do my bodybuilding prep. And you're like, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because all they know. All they know. Set. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Half raises. Yeah. Isolation yeah, exercises. Got, today we just got arms. We're just going to spend a whole hour. Yeah. On, I'm only, I only see you once a week. Yeah, we're just going to do arms for an hour. <laughs> that's that's all. I see this personal trainer, and he's got a really overweight client, and like great for her for coming in. But I'm just like, why did you pick him? Because 
always has her doing fucking car phrases. And I'm like, one, it, obese people actually have ridiculously well-developed calves. Like, they look <laughs> amazing. If you've ever seen, like, a sort of overweight person's calves, they normally look amazing. And two, like, she's come here to lose weight and you're just getting her isolating, like, one very small muscle group and you're just, oh, anyway. Absolute cringe. Um, <laughs> right. Anyway, I think that's enough. That's enough heavy stuff. That's enough. That's enough science and, and heavy stuff for a Sunday. Um, we always ask our guests some quite interesting questions, um, totally unrelated to. Uh, well, I say not totally unrelated at all, but more just to find out a bit more about you, really. Um, the first question we always ask, and it leads on to so many more questions, is, what is your favourite burger topping? Gherkin. Wow, that's controversial. Gherkin. Wow, that's the first yeah. one. <laughs> anything in the world. Just gherkin. All right, Brussels sprouts, obviously. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah <laughs> sprouts. Yeah. I don't know. Like what? I don't eat a lot of burgers. Oh, okay. Well, that's quite that way. Right. Um, I do enjoy a pickled cucumber. I used to eat them all day when I was prepping. Like yeah, me too. Like when I was dieting really hard, I'd be like, mm, "Crunchy goodness." Yeah. Wow. That's why I can't eat them now when I'm not dieting. <laughs> That's a bit odd. It's like well, cardio. So yeah, um, nothing tastes as good when you're not dieting, though. Oh hell no! <laughs> I had the other day. I had some like low calorie hot chocolate. The other day I had some in the cupboard, and I was like, "Oh, this would be all right." Hot chocolate before bed, and it was the most disgusting thing. But yet, when I was dieting, it was the most. It was the thing I looked forward to all day. Yeah. Amazing. So, I remember being like sitting down to some like broccoli or something and just being like, oh my god, this is. I think I'd gone all out and got like purple sprouting broccoli or like Tesco finest shit. And I was like, this is amazing. But then you have it like on the side of your dish, of, like on a normal when you're not dieting, and it's like, mm, yeah, it's not take it, thing. take it or leave it. <laughs> what about then? What about your fate? You can have anything. What's about your favorite milkshake? Oh, I see. I don't like milk. <laughs> it's not going well, am I? <laughs> I'm not, like, intolerant, but I just don't particularly enjoy it. Makes it just a bit... Mm, no. So right, I probably opt for no milk. No milk. What's milk your favourite <laughs> chocolate bar, then? Don't like... No, milk. I'm joking. Um, <laughs> I don't know. One with nuts in. One with nuts but, in, right. But not Snickers. <laughs> it's a bit... Right, let's let's spit on something that that will be good. Um, so let's go. What is your most? What was your first gym experience or your most embarrassing gym experience? Um, I can't really remember what my first gym experience was. Um, I'm sure there's been many an embarrassing experience because <laughs> most of the time I have massive stiff nips walking around the gym. <laughs> but that's just a daily occurrence for me. <laughs> just have to embrace that. Um, but I can't remember it that much embarrassing. I'm normally just a bit of a, like, I don't really care in the gym. Like, I'm very chilled out there, so I don't get all that embarrassed. <laughs> I think I can't uh, think of any more exciting questions. You've, you've stumped me now, the fact you don't like milkshakes and you don't eat burgers. <laughs> I know. <laughs> What would be what would be your all time what's your all time favourite meal then? Like I really like oh, probably changed but at the moment Kedgeri. Oh yeah, I saw that the other day, yeah. 
Yeah, so good. Although not the one I made the other day. Like my dad has to make it. It's much better. Yeah, that's that. Your one sounded like a bit of a, a low calorie yeah. alternative that wasn't well, quite kedgery as I know it. It wasn't necessarily a low calorie alternative. It was just a can't really be fucked. Like mm-hmm. put everything in the wok and then go mixy mixy done. Because kedgery is supposed to be smoked smoked fish, eggs, curry powder. Yeah. Veg, right? I don't know if there's much veg in it. Maybe like an onion. I like mm. sultanas in it. Flaked almonds. It's good. That's controversial. Apparently, raisins Indian... in raisins in food. Oh raisins, my god, raisins in raisins food, in is, food is the best thing. Oh ever. no, I agree. I'm I'm not. I'm oh, just right. saying it's, I think our listeners would be like, oh my god, like Bradley with his pineapple on pizza. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's on the, pizza. The, the sweet stuff is fine. So number one, kind of post-workout go-to meal. It's got to be something that's that's allowing all of food. Oh, post-workout meal? Yeah. I, To be honest, most of my meals are a massive bowl of salad with, like, some kind of meat thrown in, mixed up, and I always eat it out of this, like, huge bowl that no one else in the flat is allowed to use. It's a big metal thing. <laughs> just imagine them with, like, a washing-up bowl just sat there. Yeah. It, it is, like, it is kind of that size, yeah. <laughs> you I think the thing we are... And, my flatmate was using it to marinate something and I was just not okay with it. Like, yeah. that's my bowl. It's the only thing I use and can't touch it. I guess the thing the thing here, Tom, the reason that I realise we're stumbling with these questions a little bit is that Emma's calorie-calorie requirements are a bit lower than ours. So, like, yeah. sitting in yeah, burgers I mean, on the regular is a bit if harder. I, yeah, if I eat a burger, probably only have a couple of hundred calories left. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, what? My maintenance is up at around four thousand. It should be fine. So just go through there. Yeah. yeah. Well, I might have metabolic damage. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In the years of dieting, your metabolic yeah. damage is, is killing slowly. Nothing to do with the fact that I'm a small girl. It's metabolic damage. Yeah. 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 That's, right. that's 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 another, that's another topic for another day. I think. I think that, that, that totally leads into uh, our stupid things on the internet, Daniel. To be honest. Does. It does. Um, so I think, I think Mr. Mr. Dr. Brad Schoenfeld put out a post. Um, I think it was on Friday, and it's still, it's it's caused quite a bit of stir, to be honest. Is this the one where it's like all diets work because of calorie deficit? Pretty much. That's the yeah, one. That is it. Uh huh. Um, it's just the fact that how many. Go on I watch the basically what happens with these Emma is I watch all I, I, I see the post and I ignore it and then Tom will message me six hours later being like oh my god look at this guy what's he saying <laughs> there'll be commenting on there I'll resist for about two hours but then Tom will go oh my god he's still going I couldn't resist and like, I so. can't resist but just go in there and be like you haven't thought about this aspect of it um and not in not in a horrible way, but just you know, like some people go in there and just call them morons, like that's, yeah. that's their choice. Um, I <laughs> yeah, just, and then you think, you're, like, you can just tell they don't know if they're just like this is wrong. You're like, oh okay, thanks yeah. for the input. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was more like I go in with a bit more of a have you thought about it from this angle point of view? Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, this guy just didn't get it, did he, Tom? Was this the one I went at first? Um, yeah, the guy who basically said he was like, "Oh, um, this is a load of rubbish." Um, I've I've given loads of my female clients, put them on more food, made them train less, and they've lost fat. And I'm like, "Yeah, because they're moving around more because their knee goes up because they've got more calories, yeah. and, and they're eating yeah. more food, but are they eating more calories?" 
and and it's just like and he but he was he was claiming that he was like no they're eating a thousand calories more a day and I was just like that's fine and then I said but you can go from training six days a week on really crappy intensity to four days a week on super high intensity and burn more calories like there's nothing yeah. magic about the number of training sessions a week here and just said look when you have more energy like if you've if you've, if you've ever dieted you'll know that when you get given loads more food you do move around more you are more energetic and it was just clearly as like yeah these women now aren't lying to you about what they're eating because they've got enough food to eat um and they're moving around more and he was just like no no it's not no no i've seen it like what yeah Yeah, but there's no there's just never any telling those people like they just want to believe that they didn't want they didn't want to discuss it with you they're just like you're wrong i'm right done it's just it, it was it was just it was the fact that he he both he like named us both and said it's it's basically I understand how it all works um, but my point is that um, when people see the graphic that they're not assume a calorie restriction is the way to lose fat. I was like, what? yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that, that's that's yeah. the point of the so, post. So yeah. you're understanding, yes. <laughs> but then he was like, that's it, that's not yeah. the case, and this is, and, but there's lots of way to to lose fat and weight loss. And weight loss and fat loss are completely different. Yeah, like he said, there's lots of ways to lose fat. Uh, All of the ones above, (laughs) they all have one thing in common. Yeah, it's just there's a calorie deficit. And uh, to give him to give him a tiniest bit of credit, he did what he did say was the what I interpreted from it was he said the graphic implies that everyone needs to cut the amount of food they're eating. Yeah, not necessarily move more or like increase that that side of things. And he didn't understand that the calorie deficit was like. A formula whereby it was like right you've got a lower you know, you've got a yeah. energy output and energy intake and he just didn't he couldn't grasp that idea that we were talking about yeah but the reason that one goes up the other goes up it's still a calorie deficit yeah just didn't, yeah no, did I, not understand I, I think that. a lot of people do that they they completely they either just disregard like the amount of activity people are doing or on the flip side they'll overestimate they're like oh you're doing this many sessions a week you can be eating this many calories and you're like no these sessions don't burn a lot of calories it's what you're yeah. doing in between that's going to make the difference yeah it's, it's just like you say it's trying to um <laughs> trying to argue with these people and there's just uh, it's, it's not even arguing is it it's just about you just trying to make them see sense and they just mm. and, and the, the thing that i've realized now from doing all these comments and stuff like that is that i've realized that I'm going to, I keep saying this every week, I'm going to stop doing it as much because these people, they don't ever, they don't ever change their mind. Like they don't ever, so what's the point? Like it's kind of like, yeah. a, you know, they're not going to change their mind. Um, when you speak to people face to face, you find you can get through to them a bit better. Um, but yeah, it, it fascinates me that the internet is just a one- wonderful thing. Absolutely it's, amazing. They're brilliant. <laughs> It's just, but um, yeah, I think we should maybe sort of stop getting involved in so many of these discussions with people. I think they're hilarious, <laughs> especially when we're both involved, and then half our listenership just decides to go on the post as well. So it's fine, quite funny. Um, I just, I just like <laughs> with the real sarcastic comments. Like he was like, he, one of them was like, "Oh yeah, these guys, you know, yeah, but what about the non-athletes? Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, they're yeah. not, they're not going to be burning four thousand calories a day." And I was like, "Yeah, all those labourers building houses, you know, they're not going to be burning four thousand calories." Like, yeah. Why does someone have to be an athlete to burn calories? It's like that's just ridiculous. Um, but anyway, let's right. let's stop. Let's that stop. There. There. So let's, Emma, um, last thing: any any projects, anything that you're ha- like in your world that you're doing now that you want to tell people and uh, shout out about? Um, not specifically. Like I've I've got um, a lot of online clients at the moment. Always happy to have inquiries about that. 
so shoot me an email if you do want to inquire um but yeah apart from that just working away and yeah i'm guessing you'll be down in the dream you'll you'll be down at body power repping out with dan yeah Mm. are you not going i won't be there no (laughs) tom's tom's not he's not got enough time to get shredded it's too Too it's too close no i'm too sure for that when is it i'm gonna get my thong on a little (laughs) skimpy bikini that's what body power's all about. I'm I'm getting mine on as well. Um, oh yes. When's that? It's like six weeks, is it? Six, six weeks. Yeah, five, it's six. quite soon. Yeah. Yeah, we'll be there. I think Steve's talking, so we'll all be there to watch him. And there's quite a few of our other favourite fitness educators there who we will go and Troll. enjoy watching, oh, no doubt. No. Yeah. Troll. Well, kind of. <laughs> Heckle. Uh, yeah. Is, so is, there, is there is there some of our favourites on the Back to Basics? Oh, stage? there are some of our favourites there. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Cool. I expect a massive review of that. It's great. Yeah. I I just I just have this feeling that it's just going to be a bit bigger this year than last year. Maybe I'll turn. Oh, up. nice. Maybe I'll turn up then. That'll be funny. Yeah. Oh, then it'll be yeah. bigger. One person. Yeah. Cool. Right. Well. Emma, thank you very much for coming on. Very kind of you on this yeah. early Absolute Sunday. Absolute pleasure. Yeah, quickly uh, sp- spout out your social media feeds so people know where to follow you if they're not already. Um, it's at ESG Fitness. Yes, everything is on ESG. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Awesome. Boom. Blam, easy. Perfect. Right, well, have a lovely rest of the rest of the day and uh, I'll probably see you at Body Power. Tom, I won't see you at Body Power. No. I'll speak to you in a bit. <laughs> <laughs> See you later, guys. All right, guys, take care.